Hello, welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Kim Hutchins. At 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. And 412 is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Ontario. On today's episode, I had a fantastic chat with Steve Lensing and his many different roles as a producer, musician, and husband to Brooke Nichols. Like you, our listener, Steve also serves in his local church. And before COVID, they were often on the road touring and leading worship. I really enjoy talking to Steve, and I can't wait for you to hear what he has to say about how to practically prepare for Sundays, leading creatives, and making donuts. All that and more on today's episode. Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Do you serve or lead volunteers in the local church? Are there days when you feel less than equipped to make the kind of impact that you want to make in your role or in your organization? Through this podcast, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. Thanks for joining us. Canada podcast. This is Kim Hutchins and today we're having Steve Lensing on and he is a producer, a musician and also Brooke Nichols' husband. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a fantastic chat. Steve, how are you? I'm so great. Thanks for having me, Kim. I'm really excited. This is great. <laughs> hey, and can you tell us a little bit about your role as producer, musician and uh, Brooke's husband? Like how how did this start? How did you guys get into the music business and all the way up to the Junos, which is amazing. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a bit, it's funny you asked if I have a title and like, it's always a bit convoluted because there's a lot of things going on, but yeah, I would say primarily I'm a, I'm a musician and, uh, and Brooke's husband, like you mentioned. And before COVID, um, Brooke and I were traveling, uh, kind of full time doing music ministry in church and, um, serving in our home church as well. Uh, and I've always kind of done producing on the side. And since COVID started, obviously that's become more of a, of a full-time thing as mm -hmm. we're not traveling right now. Um, <laughs> but as far as how we got here, uh, yeah, I grew up in church. Uh, I grew up just outside Toronto. Uh, we still live kind of in the GTA area. Mm -hmm. uh, and I grew up in Burlington going to church and just getting involved in music there. And uh, yeah, just always loved playing and doing the tech stuff as well. Uh, and then uh, in high school, I made some friends with uh, a bunch of musicians and we played in a band. And one of those guys went on to play in a, a relatively successful band called the City Harmonic. Oh, nice. uh, and they were traveling all over the US. And at, at one point they needed a, a fill-in bass player and he called and said, would you come on the road with me? And so uh, I traveled with them for about five years. Oh, wow. Uh, in that time met Brooke uh, and we got married and yeah, just since then have kind of been doing the music ministry thing and traveling and, um, yeah, leading people in worship. And so, yeah, Brooke and I met, uh, about eight years ago. She would remember that better than I do. So don't quote <laughs> me on that number. That's okay. Uh, we met, we met at a small church. We were both serving on the worship team. Uh, we got married five years ago. Uh, and yeah, now we live just outside Toronto and serve at a church here and, uh, that's pretty, oh, and the Junos. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, How'd we get there? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Brooke, uh, releases albums and, uh, 
and her most recent one, which was released uh, this past November, uh, was nominated for a Juno, which is, mm -hmm. um, for those that maybe don't know, they're not in the Canadian context, it's just a, a music award in Canada, um, and so Brooke was nominated for a Christian Album of the Year, awesome. so yeah, pretty exciting. And, yeah. and we watched them from our couch because of COVID. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right, there has been yeah. so many changes this year. And that was a big one, right? Because that's, that's huge. <laughs> and that was, the, that was the day we found out kind of everything. So we were at the airport about to get on the plane to go yeah. to this award ceremony. And a friend of ours called us and said, I don't think you should get on the plane. Like, so this was, you know, first weekend of yeah. March or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, I think it's not going to happen. And so we delayed our flight, and then they ended up getting canceled. And, yeah, just everything from there kind of came unglued. So but all good. I know. So were you guys really affected? Did you have to cancel a lot of things and change? Like, what did you do to kind of, if you changed, what, and then change to what, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, again, like the bulk of our, like, ministry and, and income comes mm -hmm. from traveling. And so that – uh, and, and typically March, April, May would be, you know, kind of our busiest season. Uh, and so everything was canceled in those mm -hmm. months. And uh, we had a uh, kind of one of our first big headlining tours booked in April and May. And so all of that canceled. And um, yeah, for a minute there, we were kind of scrambling, like, mm -hmm. what are we going to do? Um, and uh, but very quickly, you know, as as people do, we kind of pivoted. Um, I started doing a lot more work in the studio. I was doing um, uh, mixing for churches. Obviously, mm -hmm. all churches went online with their services, and yeah. so was was doing a lot of that. And then uh, Brooke and I started kind of right at the beginning in April. Uh, we started doing video worship from our living room, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, I saw that. We knew a lot of. Yeah, so we've been at a lot of small churches in Canada that, um, you know, when the pandemic happened, they don't have the resources or people or mm -hmm. tech skills or all of those different things to put together video worship. And so uh, we just felt like this is something we can do fairly easily. Let's do that. And uh, so we would film four sets every month, one for every week, you know, 15 or 18 minute set. And then um, we had compassion come on board compassion canada and mm -hmm. sponsor um these videos and so oh, cool. that meant that we could offer them for free to churches and so we've been doing that since the pandemic started every month we just oh yesterday we just filmed five new sets for the month of november <laughs> and so all these churches are signed up and using uh this video worship and so that's been a big pivot that's for us awesome. we, yeah, I, I would have said, if you had asked me before the pandemic, what's your least favorite thing to do, I would have said video, and now it's like <laughs> by far the thing we do the most, so big learning curve for sure. Yeah, and what an amazing outreach across Canada, right, for all those small churches, that, that's really cool. It's It's been really great, you know, we've heard lots of, one of the things we love to do the most is to go somewhere and lead so that we can give a local team a break. Mm -hmm. You know, lots of smaller churches where there's less team members. Uh, you know, some people are serving every week or the worship pastor has been, you know, he hasn't sat with his family and, or her family in worship for years. Yeah. And so that's been great to hear the stories of people like, oh, the pandemic has been so draining for me. I just needed a week off. I used your videos. It was great. So yeah, yeah we've been really loving that. Really that's loving so that. Now, aside from filming videos over this COVID season, have you done anything for fun? <laughs> Picked up any new skills? 
Uh, I do yeah, follow Brooke on Instagram, right? So I've seen some of your home improvement projects, which are amazing. <laughs> yeah, we last year we bought a house and it, you know, fixer upper, of course. And so we've been doing lots of fixing and stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just trying to stay busy. I think also for me, it's good to keep my hands busy, you know, when uh, when I didn't have anything else to do. So that was really good. In during COVID, and I also uh, learned how to bake donuts. That was a big uh, no project way. for me. So yeah. okay, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really great, and and then it got too great, and so then I've I scaled back a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's so dangerous. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> Did you do all sorts of different kinds? Was it or one like specialty? <laughs> Yeah, no, so I learned really early on that really you can't achieve a great donut unless it's fried, right? Yep. So you, you can bake donuts, but it's really just a cupcake then yeah. in the shape of a donut. And so, <laughs> That's so true. Uh, but yeah, I, I really became fond of the sour cream glaze. That oh, would be, man. you know, my favorite. And the yeah. one I ended up doing the most, so yeah. Okay, nice. So maybe we should have you bring some for the next 412 conference. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. Count on right? <laughs> Come Perfect. meet Steve and try a donut. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, hey, you're working with churches and volunteers, and I know this time is a little bit different, but what are some of the practical ways for worship team members to intentionally sharpen their musical skills beyond simply preparing for the next service, especially right now? Because in light of COVID, sometimes they're only serving maybe once a month or, or not at all. Like, it could be months. So, um, yeah, can you speak to that about how they can, you know, stay on top of things yeah that's a good question and and something um, that I've experienced for sure and and you know Brooke and I go to a fairly large church we have a few different campuses and so every Sunday there would need to be multiple worship teams and now we're doing all online so we only need one team a week so like you said people are playing a lot less frequently than before um, and so I think it's one of those things where you get into the habit of playing a lot. And then when you're not scheduled for anything, you kind of let the practicing and the playing on your mm -hmm. own just fall by the wayside. <laughs> but that is really the best way to stay sharp is, is playing on your own at home. You know, I think there's, it's, it's like just math. It's one-to-one. -one. The more, the more time I spend and the more regularly I spend playing on my own, like the better I am when I'm playing with a band. It's just, you know, it's the 10,000 hours thing. The more time I spend on my own, the, the better I'll be when I need to be with a group. So that's one of the things during COVID, just keeping up regular playing on your mm -hmm. own, I think is huge. One of the things that has been so neat, uh, one of our team members, their husband and wife, he's an electric guitar player, she's a keys player. And they started at the beginning of COVID, um, they would just rehearse the set as if they were scheduled. So they would go on planning center, on our mm -hmm. planning center, yeah. and look at the songs and just practice the songs for that week, whether they were on or not. Oh, that's a good uh, idea. And then even on Sunday mornings, because we're doing everything online, they're watching from their living room, they would just get out of their guitar and keyboard and just play along, like oh, regardless fun. of. And so then they're yeah. practicing every week, they're, they're learning the songs, and then, yeah, on Sunday morning too, it's a bit easier to engage in worship you know, rather than just sitting on the couch, they're playing along. And so that's been one of the neat things to see uh, our team members doing that, kind of like staying engaged even when you're not scheduled, I think is so great. And there's been stories of that. This was before COVID, but another team member who's in the habit of that practicing the set even when he's not scheduled. And then somebody cancels at the last minute 
and he's just ready to go because he's been practicing that set all week anyway. So it's a hard discipline to stay in because it feels like maybe you're practicing for nothing, but it, it really is the best way to stay sharp and to keep growing and keep getting better. Yeah, that's true, right? Um, and while I know many worship te- team members would fall under that classification of a creative, right? So what are some advice for those that are leading creatives on a team? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll pray for you if you send me a message. I'll pray for you if you're leading creatives. Um, no, I think oh. that the thing about creatives is that everyone is is unique, right? So it's hard to make blanket recommendations. I would say... Uh, one thing that I've learned a lot in the last year and especially in the last six months is um, that relationship is the most important thing when you're leading, especially creatives. And and a big thing for us at our church has been uh, learning to prioritize people over process. Mm. So again, we go to a relatively large church. Uh, we had multiple campuses going before COVID. And so you start to solidify your process to make your decision making easier, right? So we do songs this way and we do, you know, this many minutes of worship and and if you want to play on the team, you got to do this and you got to sing it this way and play this guitar part and and but when you do that, when you make decisions like that, you're prioritizing process over people and I think that's uh it's necessary to some degree, right? That yeah. you're going to you have to make those decisions, but you need to remember to continue to focus on people because that's the way, I, I mean, that's true in any case, but especially with mm-hmm. creatives that you're going to get the best results out of people and they're going to feel the best serving in whatever role they're in is if they know that they have a good relationship with the person who's leading them. So, you know, do all the things that you should do, give creative boundaries or guide rails or whatever you want to call that, but then, mm-hmm. you know, give them freedom to be creative but pursue that relationship above anything else. Continue the check, even now when it's hard, continue the check-ins, continue like, you know, the little texts in the week to check in on people, keep that stuff up because that's so important. Mm -hmm. Well, and especially right now, because people will be feeling isolated if it's been months that they've been out, right? And they haven't seen you. So touching base is so important. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to affirm what you said. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's it's easy when you're not in each other's face every week, right, or every yeah. couple of weeks to, to forget or to, to not check in with people. But if, yeah, especially in this time where we, you know, at the beginning of COVID, it was a scramble for us, for our church. We hadn't done online services before. And so you're just mm-hmm. trying to get things happening as quickly as you can. Um, but to still remember to prioritize people and relationship over the processes, even when we have to be rigid about our processes. So important. Yeah, for sure. So practically speaking for you, how do you prepare for a worship service that you're leading, especially even now, right? Like, um, cause you guys did just go do a worship service past weekend. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, This past weekend was our, our first time in a live, uh, church service since COVID started. Our church is, is still meeting online and, and not mm-hmm. back to in-person services. So this was our first time since COVID. Yeah, preparation, I think, is so key. At our church, we always talk about two things, heart and hands. Mm-hmm. So your heart, your character needs to be right, but hands are important too, right? Your skill, your, mm-hmm. your technical ability. Uh, and so when we think about preparation, 
preparation and preparing for a worship set, we need to think about heart and hands. So heart, spend time with the songs, especially for me as an instrumentalist, I need to spend time with the songs, not just practicing my parts. So for me, that looks like build a playlist, like a Spotify playlist with the songs, and just just listen to them, sing along with them, worship to them before I start practicing. Mm-hmm. It, it's helpful because you're getting to know the songs too, but you're you're spending time just soaking and 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 resonating with the lyrics. Uh, and you know, we just introduced a new song at our church a few weeks ago, a new Maverick City song. And like, I, mm-hmm. I must have listened to that song a thousand times before we let it. It's just like so connected with me. And then when you actually do lead it, then you're that much more connected with the song, right? And yeah. then, yeah, I think <laughs> the hands piece is easy to, to understand. Just practice, you know your parts, know the songs, you know, prepare as much as you can, know the details, where mm-hmm. and when you need to be, where and when. <laughs> and, you know, I think... Uh, people often resonate one way or the other. Like Brooke and I, Brooke is all heart, and typically I'm all hands. I like details, and and for me, preparation is so important, and knowing my parts and all that kind of stuff. And and especially because I'm married to Brooke, and we're most often <laughs> serving together, I'm like, oh, she takes care of the hard stuff, all that touchy feely, <laughs> like, yeah. and I'll I'll, do, I'll take care of the details. But it's important to remember, you know figure out which way you identify and and then really make sure you're paying attention to the other things. So for me, I need to make sure I'm paying attention to the hard thing because it's easy to default to the hands. Just mm-hmm. make sure the details are in order. So this Sunday we had, you know, we had prepared a set in advance. And when we got there, the pastor, you know, his message was, we, we knew what he was speaking on, but as he's speaking, like, I, I'm just paying attention and feeling like we need to change that song we're doing after the message. And, you know, so I, I mentioned it to Brooke and she was singing the same thing, but to, yeah, to be able to be sensitive, you know, we're prepared, but we're also able to be in the moment and listening to what's going on and sensing what God's doing and the spirit is leading us into. Um, yeah, so important. Yeah. So you change the song, like just in the middle of the message, <laughs> your, what yeah, you went so, with? I, t- I texted the the woman who was coordinating the production. I just said, can we can we switch this song? And I mean, the congregation doesn't know either way, right, so it's, yeah. it's great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just to, and, and that's something Brooke is really good at, just being oh, sensitive so to the spirit. And yeah, and so I'm, I'm learning to be better at that too, for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, that's good. We're always learning, right? And trying to do Absolutely. <laughs> Now, I know you're also involved with post-mixing and audio as well, and we'd love, I'd love to hear how your ideas on how to lead a team of sound techs towards creating a consistent audio mix, like for a live mix. And keeping in mind, they're volunteers, right? And they've got different skill levels. So uh, how, how would you go about doing that? Yeah, that's a great question. That is like, I think like one of the hardest, it's, I always say like the sound guy is the most thankless job in I I joke about this with our production coordinator at our church all the time like he does a hundred things right and then one thing goes wrong and that's all anybody can think it's like the hardest job in the world so uh, yeah I I I think so highly of people who volunteer for audio because it's such a such a tough job I, I think yeah one of the things that has become more prevalent in the last few years as digital soundboards become more and more prevalent, right? Like almost every church we go to now has a digital soundboard. And it's easy to, 
um, it's easy to lean on presets. You, you know, you could you could go online and find a preset for a worship service for your console and load it in, and then you know tell your sound guy like, don't touch anything because the preset is right. And like, mm -hmm. but I think the mo the the best thing you can do is actually try and teach and learn and grow together rather than lean on like presets. This was a big thing too in the in the in the last five and ten years is you know hire a sound company to come in and they set the board the way it should be and the pre and then don't touch it. Don't touch but it, yeah. I think <laughs> if if we can invest in our team members and yeah. teach them and learn together and grow together, mm -hmm. you're gonna get way further down the road together and, and you're gonna get a better result. It'll be slower to start as people learn and, and every time a new person comes on there's a learning curve there. For sure, but yeah. I, I think investing in your team members will will go a lot further so don't lean on presets and, and then grow together so if there's a gap between you know your most experienced sound tech and and your least experienced yeah. like help them grow together so that's often the case at our church if if uh, a newer sound tech is on he's we call it shadowing he's scheduled with a more experienced sound tech and they're they're chatting the whole time teaching each other, learning from each other. And so, yeah, try and close that gap between the most experienced and the least experienced and learn and grow together. That's the, there's so many resources online now um, to learn about things like compression or EQ or all those things that seem hard to understand, especially for a newer tech. Um, but, but learn and grow together and invest in that rather than presets leaning on a professional sound company to come in and fix everything you'll get way more out yeah. of it in the long term yeah well and how do you nurture that cohesive like to keep the sound mix so that they are all because they do still have different opinions right of what sounds good so how do you keep it so that we're all on the same page even though we're learning and growing you're still gonna have different tastes so how do you you know keep that cohesion <laughs> sure yeah, yeah 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 that's a tough thing too i I think there are certain things, you know, that we would call ground rules that are, are non-negotiable. Like mm -hmm. the vocal is the most important thing. If anything you're doing is getting in the way of that, then we, we got to have a conversation because that, especially in church world, right? Like yeah. where congregation needs to be able to hear the lyrics. They need to be able to engage. They need to be led by the worship leader. Vocal mm -hmm. is the most important. Yeah. And then, you know, there are the big things like, you know, volume levels or decibel levels. If, if you're a tech, uh, you know, always the drums are too loud, the drum <laughs> level or the guitar level, you know, things like that. But I, I think an important thing to remember is who has the authority to make those decisions. So if you're a, a larger church and you have, you know, a production coordinator who oversees all that stuff, maybe it's his decision or it's the worship pastor's decision or it's the lead pastor's decision. And, and so really try and come underneath that authority uh, to do the best job that you can with the parameters that you're given. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to stick to 90 dB at front of house for the server or whatever it's going to be. Set those ground rules. Mm -hmm. Again, like talking about leading creatives, I think creatives function best when there are some parameters. There are some guardrails. So the guardrails are got to be able to hear the vocal. Uh got to keep it under 90 dB and and the production coordinator if he tells you there needs to be more guitar like he's the boss so we're gonna you know yeah. but other than that leave room for people and that's how people are going to learn too by trying things by mm -hmm. 
learning from each other, like we said before. So set those parameters, set those guardrails, and then, yeah, give opportunity for feedback as well, too. I think that's so important. Yeah, do and, you guys and, do feedback after each, you know, service, or you, like, get together, or...? Yeah, we do a quick debrief. Uh, so we do a couple of different things. We'll do a debrief after the service mm -hmm. with the worship team and, you know, maybe the service host, somebody who's sitting in the service listening to the mix that isn't, you know, the sound guy because yeah. obviously they, they <laughs> thought it was a great mix. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done that. So maybe it's, it's the service host or the person who's preaching that Sunday because they're sitting in for worship. Uh, and then we have a, a like a Google form that gets sent around and, and this feedback is for lots of different stuff. It's for service flow yeah. and, you know, visuals and the sermon. And, but there's spots to put in feedback for sound stuff. So if the feedback is consistently when the one sound guy's on, or sound girl, sorry, I should say sound person. When the one <laughs> sound person okay. is on, uh, <laughs> that the, the guitars aren't loud enough, then, you know, we can see that over time that that feedback has been consistent. We can talk about that. But, yeah, yeah. rather than just leaving it to – you know, I've, I've been behind the soundboard lots of times when somebody comes up and, and they it's just a congregation member and they just want to have a complaint because <laughs> they didn't like the songs or, you know, yes. th there's always those voices. Yeah. And they we want to be careful. Say. <laughs> yeah. And we want to be careful that we have, like, appropriate channels for that to happen yeah. because, like you said, like, taste is a factor, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I like guitars. I want to hear more guitars, so that's the way I'm going to mix, but... And, and somebody hates drums, so they don't want to hear the drums. You know, that kind of thing. We want to eliminate that as much as possible. So creating ways to give feedback is super important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea, though, with a Google form. I like that, right? Yeah, it's been super effective. E even to share things that, you know, it, it might be tough to say to somebody's face or to say, you know, to bring up in the moment. It's, it's easy to share that in a feedback form that's, you know, confidential or, yeah, it goes to worship pattern and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and at the same time, if somebody's doing an amazing job on a certain, with a certain sound, right, then you can find that out too and encourage them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a big part of the feedback form is like, yeah, what went well today? Who's your MVP from today's service or, of you course. know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, that positive reinforcement is just as important. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what are some ways that we that you could see people moving forward as we navigate the season as, as a church, right? Um, I'm just trying to think outside the box lately, right? And ways that different people can serve or try something new or, you know, how can we move together as a church and stay on the same page? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, there's no... Uh, there's no clear answer to that question because, yeah. uh, yeah, it's a unique season. I, I think the really good thing about this season is like there is some, there's some margin to try things, to experiment, to try different things. I, I think, you know, especially at our church, uh, but I think this is true in a lot of churches in the last number of years, you know, we got really good at the thing we were doing, you know, our Sunday experience, we were really good at it. Mm -hmm. um, but now that's super disrupted. And so it's, it's, it's totally a good, changed. yeah, it's a good uh, time for us to get, you know, shaken a little bit and, and to try different things, to try new things. I think that's mm -hmm. so important. You know, some of that uh, is real practical stuff like online services. Our church didn't stream services before. 
uh, and now we do, of course, mm -hmm. and we'll never go backwards on that. So, yeah. right, you can't offer that to people and then all of a sudden change and it and they it have away. to come back to the building. <laughs> Especially, you know, there's there's people that have access to churches now that you never would have had access to before mm -hmm. because of geography or things like that. So the online service is a big thing, and that's, of course, opened up uh, all kinds of volunteer opportunities and ministry positions um, you know, for streaming audio and video and all that kind of stuff. There's a whole new way to serve, which I think is really exciting. Um, but then also I think uh, this is a good time for us as churches to think about, especially those of us that were Sunday-centric, like mm -hmm. the Sunday experiences took up a lot of our energy and a lot of our investment. Yeah. Um, what can we do outside of that? And what are we doing? You know, it seems like, uh, from my perspective, as I'm seeing different churches and what they're doing, the smaller and nimbler churches uh, seem to be—I don't want to say more effective, but they're having—they're—they're they're more easily able to change what they're doing and try yeah. new things. And so, how can we double down on connection in yeah. small ways? Mm -hmm. You know especially for those of us at big churches where the big Sunday gathering is probably going to be the last thing to come back. Yeah. How can we double down on small groups or connect groups or whatever they're called or connections in other ways? So mm -hmm. um, in August, uh, Brooke and I went to a small group uh, at our church, a small group that we're not connected to. Uh, they were having church in their backyard and they invited us to come and sing oh, cool. a few songs, just acoustic worship. And that was like one of our, just so life-giving for us, yeah. one of our best memories from this season because, yeah, we were able to be together with a really small group, socially distanced in the backyard. Yeah. We were able to enjoy worship together, and then we watched the sermon uh, from from Sunday. Uh, but, yeah, so things like that where we can be creative in small ways mm -hmm. to be a bit more agile and nimble uh, and thinking outside the Sunday experience is huge. Yeah, that's a great idea, something different. I would never thought – uh, to have a worship team, like, or even just one or two come, right, and do that outside. That'd be really fun. <laughs> yeah, and I think, too, uh, it's a way for, yeah, again, trying different things. Like, maybe there's a, a younger vocalist at your church or a younger worship leader who hasn't had a lot of experience. That's a pretty low-stakes way to get them leading worship more, right, leading mm -hmm. in a small group or in a small environment like that. Um, so it just allows, yeah, lots of opportunity for people to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the people that are there, like in that small group, are blessed as well, right? Because they yeah. get that experience of singing together. It's a bit different than just watching it on a screen, for sure. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's talk about like before COVID, uh, when you were touring that, how did you set things up? Did you utilize volunteers at churches when you were performing there? Or, or what did you guys do to get everything yeah. going? It's a good question. Lots of different, uh, it, it looks different in every scenario. So, uh, yeah, there were lots of cases where going to a church, we would lead with the team from the church, oh, cool. using the sound team at the church and the tech team at the church and just kind of fold right into it. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a bit easier if you have some relationship with the church, of course, and you know a little bit more of what you're getting into. But, um, yeah, with things like planning center and, and stuff like that, it's pretty easy to prepare in advance 
uh, so you can send the the team the tracks and the and the charts and everything. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, lots of situations where we would lead with the team, and then lots of situations where we would bring our own team. It just depends on you know the scale of the church and the event and what they're looking for. And you know, for some churches, that's a really great way for teams to learn is to to play with somebody who they're not used to playing with, right? Oh, to grow, yeah. learn from a, a different idea. leader. Uh, but some churches, they just need a break, like the, like we talked about before. The team yeah. just needs a week off. And so, you know, Brooke and I would just come in, just the two of us or, or with our band, and give the whole team a break. So, yeah, everything is different, but uh, we love both uh, both things for, for their different uh, pros and cons. Yeah. yeah. If there was one thing that you could communicate to our listeners there that serve in the church, that are volunteers, um what would you say to encourage them? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I think one of the things I was thinking about uh, leading up to this, uh, so I've been for the entire pandemic mixing the audio for our services. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a little studio here near our house. And I, you know, I sit there during the week and I mix it. And I never, ever see anybody engage with it other than Brooke when we're sitting on Sunday morning watching mm -hmm. it, right? So I've spent all this time during the week <laughs> mixing it and I never see the fruit of that labor, right? Um, and so I think especially in this season, there are lots of us who volunteer with churches who serve at our church who don't see the impact of the work that we're mm -hmm. doing because of the virtual, you know, uh, experience. But, I, but we've heard, you know, over and over again in this season the impact of what God is doing in even in a crazy season like this. Mm -hmm. And so I would just encourage uh, people who are serving at their church, who are volunteering, um, you may not be able to see the impact of what you're doing, but like, yeah, rest assured that like God is still moving. His spirit is still working and like he's still on the throne. And so what you're doing, the way you're serving is so important even now more than ever, because, you know, there were people, you know, limited by geography or things like that, that mm -hmm. didn't have access to what they have access to now. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, just be encouraged that the work that you're doing, even if it doesn't feel like it is impacting people and it matters, the work that you're doing matters. Yeah, that's so good, Steve, because I do think people are feeling alone and isolated and like their talents aren't needed, right? But that's so not the truth. We do need yeah. your talents. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And and I think fatigue too, right? We've yeah. been in this now eight months, nine months. And, you know, it's hard to do the same thing week after week and not see, especially if you're not meeting in person yet, like to not see people, to serve and just like, it, it feels like you're pouring out and you're not getting anything back. Mm -hmm. um, but just, yeah, know that what you're doing matters and it's important and you're needed and the way you're serving is so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. Now, if somebody wanted to connect with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? And we'll put it like in our show notes and stuff too, so that <laughs> they okay. can reach out. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like people would typically say on social media and I am like not a big social media guy. <laughs> uh, my wife is always on my case cause I, I'm not very good at it, but I, I am on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Just my name, Steve Lensink. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they can find me on there and connect with me on there. It might take a couple of days, but I'll get back to people. Uh, Do you yeah, have an email, the, maybe? <laughs> yeah, email, email is probably actually much better. Okay. And it's just first name, last name, stevelensink at gmail.com. Yeah, I love 
connecting with people and talking about church and ministry and tech stuff. And I'm always open to conversations. And I love, yeah, just chatting with people about stuff like that. So please reach out. I'd love to connect. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to be having you and Brooke at uh, the next 412 Canada conference in 2021, Amazing. which yeah. could be in person or it could be online. We'll see. And either way, <laughs> it's going to be great. It is. Yeah, it's going to be a fun way to connect with people and encourage those that are serving for sure. Yeah, that is like, it's it's fun. COVID has been a weird season, but a lot of stuff has booked far in advance now because it's been rescheduled from this year. And so uh, we're really looking forward uh, to the conference and being with you guys. Yeah, whether virtual or in person, like it's mm -hmm. so exciting that we know this far in advance that we're going to be with you guys and we're really looking forward to it. It's yeah, be great. that's awesome. Thanks so much, Steve. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I hope to connect with people. And yeah, thanks again for doing this. It's so great. For our listeners, we want you to stay connected with all that is happening with the 412 Canada podcast and our next conference coming up in May 2021. The best way to stay connected is to sign up for our email at 412.ca. That's F-O-U-R 12.ca. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. All links to resources will be posted there as well as ways to connect with Steve. Please like and share this episode on social media and leave a review to help us better equip you. I'm looking forward to all that is to come with 412 Canada and connecting with you, our listeners. In fact, I'd love to hear from you about what equips you and where you're serving now. Perhaps it's a unique position due to the time that we're in. So why don't you message at 412 Canada on our social media platforms or email getequipped at 412.ca. Looking forward to next time on the 412 Canada podcast. Thanks for listening to the 412 Canada podcast. We hope this episode has equipped you for greater influence through serving. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and consider leaving a review on the app you use. The 412 Canada podcast is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. Explore everything 412 Canada at 412.ca. Thanks again for spending time with us. See you next time.